Have you ever gotten ice cream from the supermarket and you scoop it out, but it just doesn't have that ice cream parlor taste? Well, guess what? Did you know you can find real, unbelievably creamy ice cream at the grocery store? Yeah, that's right. Tillamook ice cream is made with more cream, so you get smooth, dreamy scoops each time. I'm not going to lie. The flavors are delicious. And in family-sized cartons, I love their vanilla bean. Vanilla bean, to me, is the way that you judge anyone's ice cream. And their rich vanilla ice cream made with real crushed vanilla bean seeds is delicious. Or their organ strawberry. Oh, I love it. Sweet strawberry ice cream with ripe organ strawberry pieces. So, so good. Plus, you got to check out their mudside flavor. It's smooth chocolate ice cream with a ribbon of rich fudge and chocolatey chips. Oh, it's so good. I gotta go get some ice cream right now. Plus, you know you're in good hands with Tillamook brand. They make over 200 different dairy products and the brand is farmer owned and led by dairy experts. Boy, oh boy. I love them all, and you're going to love them too. Whether it's birthday cake, peaches and cream, mint chocolate chip, banana split, or cookies and cream, there is a flavor for you. Find Tillamook ice cream near you at Tillamook.com. That's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K.com. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. The true difference between a zaddy and a daddy. A bartender calls back and Jason has watched all of the Fast and Furious films and he's got some thoughts. All this and more on today's How Did This Get Made mini episode. Hit the theme! people of earth and welcome to a how did this get made mini episode i am as the ohio pizza company refers to me tall john Shear, and this is where i tell you all the info that you need for next week's how did this get made episode and where you tell me all the things that we might have missed from last week's episode of how did this get made which of course was the keanu reeves cloning thriller replica we also are going to get into some of your 
questions about your life and advice. And Jason Manzukis will be joining us for another installment of Quar Chat as we tell you all the things that we are into, watching, and want you to watch with us. But first, a big thank you to Tyler Mann. That was an amazing opening song. Thank you, Tyler. I love it love it so much. Now, uh, if you like How Did This Get Made, you probably want to check us out in other places. And you can do that. You can do that in the podcast realm. If you want to listen to June and Jessica St. Clair on How Did This Get Made All-Star on their brand new podcast called Deep Dive, do it. It is fantastic. This week's guest is Lennon Parham, and she is so, so funny. Um, Unspooled is wrapping up its space series. We've talked about Alien, Aliens, Solaris, and even Apollo 13, all the films picked by our listeners, and they were picked on our Discord and Twitter pages. If you want to visit us on our Discord, go to discord.gg slash Paul Shear. You can jump in there, talk about how did this get made, Unspooled, or just general topics. And while you're there, why don't you check out one of our awesome Twitch shows? We have so many great Twitch shows, from cooking shows to music shows. Rob Hubel and I host a show every Thursday. Uh, Adam Pally and I host a show where we create essentially a writer's room where we punch up people's uh, <laughs> Twitters and Instagram posts. It is so much fun. It's all for free. It's all streaming. And if you can't watch Twitch for whatever reason, you're allergic to it because it's so easy. It's just YouTube. But I don't want to get into that. You can watch the full shows on our YouTube page. We actually just did an unspooled sponsored uh, Fast and Furious game show. And I should say sponsored no one paid us to do it. We just did it ourselves. And I think I did a pretty good Jason Statham as I uh, donned the hat of Carmen Sandiego. You have to watch the whole game. But anyway, it's all up on my YouTube and on Twitch. Check it out. It's twitch.tv slash friendzone or YouTube Paul Shear videos. Uh, I, you can figure it out. Um, also, check out Jason in Infinite. And you can also watch him in Invincible on Amazon. You can watch Black Monday every Sunday on Showtime. And... If you haven't watched my Marvel documentary on Disney+, Plus, check it out, Marvel 616. It's all about brute force. Uh, People, that was a lot of plugs. And you know what? I spent a lot of time talking about me, Jason, and June. And now it is time to talk to you. That's right. I'm going to give you a chance to tell me everything that is going on in your life. I'm going to be here to be your therapist. It's kind of like one of those text-based therapy things. But um, on this one, I'm never going to hear back from you. I'm just going to kind of throw out my advice and then uh, hope it's received well. So anyway, it is now time for the Paul Helpline. Hit the theme. Hello? Is this the Paul Helpline? Oh, okay, Paul, man, you got to help me. My life is going down the drain. My relationship is in a shambles. My kids hate me. I lost my job. You're my last hope. Paul, what should I do? Thank you, Ed Carter. Uh, Like I said, every time, everybody, I am not a doctor. I'm not a therapist, nor do I always practice what I preach, but I am here to help. And I believe I have helped a lot of people. Uh, And let's check in with our first listener from the UK. What do you got? Hi, Paul. I'm here in the UK in uh, London, as a matter of fact. I'm just calling regarding it. Well, it's a question, really. I was curious about whether or not you think that the um, Clippers will ever win a championship um, I fear that uh, this season may well not pan out uh, based on Kawhi not being available which is a shame um, I say that as a Spurs fan who saw him leave which was rather upsetting and also Terence Mann greatest Clippers playoff game in history I mean it was pretty good and I guess finally Patrick Beverley 
Do you really like him? Does anyone really like him? I don't know. Anyway, take care. Speak to you soon. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We don't want this to turn into a Clippers podcast, but let me answer your questions very quickly. Yes, I think the Clippers will win a championship. I think it will be sooner rather than later. If you look at the trajectory of what has happened since Steve Ballmer has taken over, the club has made steps forward that are very positive, that are very strong. I think that we continue to do that. If we did not lose Kawhi, Serge, and Zoo for that Suns series? I mean, we were playing with house money. I know I'm now one of those people who refers to a team that I love as we, but I don't care. I feel like we, uh, we did it. No, because <laughs> I am the goddamn sixth man. I got on that Jumbotron and they had a 10-0 run. Anyway, uh, I do believe it's possible. I thought it was bad luck. I think that the Suns had a very easy run at the finals. Not that they're not deserving, but they had a very easy run. They didn't have AD or LeBron. They didn't have Kawhi. They didn't have Jamal Murray. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Although I really appreciate the Suns. I I am with their fan base 100%. I think they have a great team. I just wish that it was a true battle for that Western Conference final where I felt like it was a little lopsided, especially at the end when they were missing Zoo and Kawhi. Uh, I'm not even going to put Surge in the mix. As far as Pat Beverly, look, we all saw what happened in the end of Game 6 against the Suns. Very unsportsmanlike conduct by Pat. He pushed Chris Paul. Yes, that's bad. I'm not going to defend that that's not bad. I can make a joke about it, but I don't want to. I don't want to do that, especially because my wife wants me to to really instill within our son and our family that that is a bad move. And and you know what it is? Because Pat Bev is a better player than that. He has been a better player. He held Rudy Gobert. He had more blocks than Rudy Gobert in the series with the Jazz. He plays phenomenally, but he makes a move like this, uh, and he's made a move like this in the past, that people isolate and they think of him as a dirty player, but he's not even in the top 16 of the most technicals in the NBA. And meanwhile, the Phoenix Suns have three of their starters in that top 11. So let's just call it what you will. Anyway, um, it was a dirty move. It was a bad move. I don't defend it. I love Pat Bev. I love him on my team. I think he brings a lot of heart and a lot of hustle. And for someone who's been in that stadium before things turned, uh, he really knows how to pump up that crowd. And he brings so much there. And it's... uh, it's energy and effort and it's heart. I love the guy. And I can give you articles to read if you if you don't believe that he's got something going on uh, besides the bad rep that he's got. Anyway, those are all my answers. Uh, and look, I expect either a lot of giant changes or no changes at all. That's what I think. Uh, run it back. Can we afford to run it back? Golden State's going to be coming on strong. Lakers are going to be coming on strong. So many teams are going to be bringing it next year. Anyway, uh, there we go. Sorry about my Clippers rant there. Next caller, Jacob the bartender. Ooh, an update from Jacob. Hey, Paulie. Uh, this is Jacob in Brooklyn, a bartender. Um, and I just closed out my night. And uh, I definitely did not expect to be a segment in a mini episode, let alone two mini episodes. Um, but as requested... I got my my tips for tonight, and not to I'm not gonna get exact with it, but uh, which was a slow night, real slow night for a Friday night. But I will say, 
in regards to the advice that you gave last time around. Um, I feel like I probably called you before I moved, and I now am dealing with, rather than a, a giant light bringing window, which I used to have to deal with, I have a small window, which is currently like 99% blacked out with blackout curtains. And so I, I took a bit of your advice. I When I get home, I stay out, I stay up a little bit later. I don't go right to sleep because I'm, I'm actually sleeping in later because this blackout curtain. So effectively, I'm doing a bit of your advice in regards to uh, extending my mornings post getting home from work. Um, but in regards to the person who called in to, uh, I guess, accuse you of never being a bartender, you were definitely right in your rebuttal. I love this specific bar. I love It's a neighborhood bar. I love my regulars. I love the people that I meet here. Um, and this is the place that first gave me an opportunity to be a bartender. So I'm not looking to leave quite yet, um, though I definitely understand the person who called in support Russell Daughters. I get it. There are definitely places where I could make a good living doing daytime stuff, um, but I've only been bartending for a short while, and it's only ever been here. And, but I do appreciate the advice in general. I can't believe I'm calling back. And, uh, yeah, peace, man. Jacob, you got your wish three times on a mini episode, and I think this is the end of the trilogy. But, wow, thank you for validating me. And, yes, I hear what you're saying. I like that you have a smaller window. I like that it's working out for you. I'm glad that you called in for an update. I always am asking people to call in with updates, and that was a great one to hear. I have nothing to add, but thank you, Jacob. That is amazing. And I want to remind you all to keep on calling. Give me your everything. I want to know. I want to get in there. I want to, I don't want to mess up your life. I want to try to help your life. You can be a call at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-PAUL-ASK. Uh, and by the way, if you want to help the show, you can call, but you can also send us some amazing songs like our friend Ed Carter just did for the Paul Helpline or Tyler Mann did for our opening. And you can send them to how did this get made at earwolf.com. Remember, brevity is the key here. 15, 20 seconds. That is perfect. All right. We'll be right back. Here's the thing, people. Walmart Plus is the membership that saves you time and money on the stuff you'd expect, but also on the stuff you don't. Let me explain. Did you know with your Walmart Plus membership, you can save money on gas? Yeah. Save gas while you drive the kiddos to soccer practice. Plus, visit your in-laws. Plus, venture into the wilderness. Plus, wherever you want to go. Because Walmart Plus also saves you time and money with free delivery. Perfect for ordering new remote batteries or coffee when somebody finishes it without telling you. And then, you know, eat all your snacks that you have stored in the back of that pantry for movie night. How dare they? Plus, you can actually even save on the actual movies with a Paramount Plus subscription. Stream Top Gun Maverick plus Mean Girls plus Jack Reacher plus so much more because savings is what this whole Walmart Plus membership is all about anyways. Members save on gas plus free delivery plus Paramount Plus, plus so much more. Start a free 30-day trial at www.walmartplus.com. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions, $35 order minimum, Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required. When you're thinking of hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster 
and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. And you know what? Did you know that 70% of users don't even visit other leading job sites? If you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. LinkedIn knows that small businesses might not have the time or resources, so they're constantly finding ways to make the process easier. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate in 24 hours, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash valuable. That's linkedin.com slash valuable to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I was traveling with my kids. We stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack and my kids said, mom said, we can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me, but I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I don't ever like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry, and they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. And now it is time for corrections and omissions brought to you by our good friends at Blue Moon. Okay, we all get stuck in boring routines, the same movies over and over. And every week, How Did This Get Made is here to help you break out of that boring movie routine. We're going to give you things that are going to make you think, that are going to make you feel, maybe not feel good, but feel something. And that is why How Did This Get Made is a Blue Moon podcast, because it is refreshing. It's a break from the norm. It shakes you out of your routine. Sure, there's great movies out there, but isn't there a joy in watching a truly terrible film? A movie that you want to talk about? Sure, we all love Phantom Thread. It's fucking phenomenal. But what can you say about it? I mean, I could talk about replicas for two days. Anyway, uh, well, I guess you could talk about Phantom Thread a lot. Anyway, you get my point. Here's the thing. You know that we only recommend the best of the worst, which is obvious, but Blue Moon is the best of the best. And I'm going to tell you, when you pop open a Blue Moon, it is the perfect beer for this time of year. I know that personally, I like a little bit of a, a beer in the afternoon on a hot day. I had a Blue Moon on 4th of July. I did. I did. And, and guess what? I bought it. It wasn't like they sent it to me and I have to drink Blue Moon. I did it because I like it. I like the refreshing taste. I like the Belgian Wit. It's awesome, and you will love it too. And they even have a beer called Light Sky, which will knock your damn socks off. So this week, we invite you to sit back, relax, and crack open a blue moon and enjoy this week's corrections and omissions as we call through the dozens of voicemails and hundreds of posts on the How Did This Get Made Discord to find the best observations, theories, fact checks, and useless research and present them all here. So buckle up and enjoy the ride and hit the theme. Corrections and omissions Thank you. 
Thank you, Bionic Limbs. Uh, people, here we go. We are on the How Did This Get Made Discord, which is poppin'. And Graham S. writes, The central problem with this film is that Keanu's character does not seem smart enough to pull off anything he ends up pulling off. I mean, here are two examples. He doesn't understand why he can't successfully transfer human consciousness into a robot without the robot freaking out. I'm not a scientist, but I can tell you that if I died and regained consciousness in a robot without any explanation as to why I was in a new body, I would freak the fuck out. I would need a lot of help and ideally time to psychologically accept my new form. The fact that it takes him, you know, at least until halfway through the movie to realize that this is an issue is proof that he is an idiot. I've only watched and read science fiction and I knew this was an issue from scene one. Thank you. Okay, Graham goes on. It says point two. If he was going to erase the memory of his dead child from his clone family, why would he leave the dead child's bunk bed in place? He's already asked Middleditch to dispose of the bodies. Why not take down the bunk bed too? Is it too much trouble after corp disposal? Furniture removal is a step too far. You know what, Grandmas? You made some good points. I think that sometimes people view Keanu as being a dumb guy, which I don't think he is at all. But you brought it here to the heart of the story. You said that Keanu's character is dumb and not Keanu is dumb. So I'm going to give you bonus points for that. But we are not done. We are just in. And there's a lot of people really rallying, trying to get that question of the week. But let's see what GT75 writes. GT75 says, if Keanu's close friend and work associate didn't know his parents and his wife's parents were all dead, why would he instantly assume that the school teacher would? Unless a kid loses a relative during the school year, I doubt teachers are keeping tabs on which kids have deceased family members. It's about the last thing that was going to be a problem. You know what? Uh... Good point. I mean, there was a lot of logic issues with that teacher coming to the house and then Keanu getting upset about it. It felt, again, like a reshoot scene that was not really thought about more than just to get him to do that scene where he does a montage of responding to everybody's electronic messages. Uh, Your wizard, Harry, writes, is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> Yes, it is. This is now up there. Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, and Replicas. All right, let's go to the phone. This one is from Amanda. Hey, girl, this is Amanda. I'm calling about Replicas. Thomas Middleditch says that the accelerants in the cloning tanks follow the DNA profile precisely, which conclusively proves that a dye job and painted nails are in LSE's DNA. And why don't they bring Tom back as a robot at the end? Fuck him, I guess. Um, and I'll go out on my favorite line from the film in which a very serious Keanu Reeves tells his cloned wife, honey, that thing that happened, there might have been some things. Okay. All right. Thanks for everything, guys. Yes. Okay. This is a great point, Amanda. <laughs> okay. How did they come out with their haircuts? It wasn't like they made a photocopy of them. I mean, it's pretty fucking crazy. We're going to get into another cloning film that actually deals with this the correct way. And I think that we'll all feel much more vindicated when we see that even in a film that is arguably worse in its science, they deal with this fact in a better way. I mean, it is mind-boggling that they came out they, they almost came out with makeup on uh anyway thank you amanda great call uh so many people brought that up so i don't want to just give amanda that i want to say everyone who brought that up amanda it just encapsulated it the best so amanda you win there uh next up is adam in washington dc hey paul this is adam in washington dc 
I just wanted to point out a couple of interesting notes pertaining to the names of the characters in this film. First, as Keanu is choosing which family members to save, the film flashes to the name cards on the table, revealing his eldest daughter's name is, in fact, Sophie. Also, Keanu's character's name is Will, while Thomas Middleditch is portraying Ed. So perhaps a better name for this movie would have been Will and Ed's Replica Adventure. Thanks. Bye. Okay. So... This is something that people have also clocked a lot, and I love what you've said here. I mean, Will and Ed, and I, and I look, do you think that, I mean, I love it. I love this title, Will and Ed's Replica Adventure. I mean, this is, whew, I did not put that together. Now that you've said it, and now that I see that other people have said it, I, it makes me again go that Keanu Reeves is not only smart, but he's working on a whole nother level. The guy's working on a whole nother level. By the way, uh, the new Bill and Ted was really good. I don't think we've talked about it, but it's uh, really, really good. Uh, written by the same guy who just did the brand new uh, Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, Steven Soderbergh movie. How about that? Yeah. That guy, Ed Solomon, a great writer. Uh, P.N.W. Paloma writes, While Merriam-Webster uses fashionable to describe what zaddies are, it's actually not about fashion and more about style and endgame. The sex appeal of daddies come from the fact that they care less about style because they're too busy and focused on their families and supporting and satisfying their partner. That's how Chris Evans can be a daddy without being a daddy. He's a handsome person who you want to make into a daddy. Zaddies may not always be fashionable, will always seek to be stylish. They look they smell like deep, rich cologne, and you don't want to make them daddies, but you want them to do the things to make you call them daddy. Oh, okay. Though both are sexualized, only one has long-term viability with the traditional family man potential because while a zaddy might settle down and have a family, they'll still never be that person wearing flip-flops and cargo pants and a backwards cap at Disneyland, but they might be leading their kids through an airport in a nice shirt and slacks. Wow. P&W Paloma bringing the heat with the zaddy daddy. Finally, someone breaks it down in a way that I can totally get. So I appreciate that. And then uh, TLDR daddies jumps in a little bit more and says, daddies are sexy people with family vibes who would probably wear a fanny pack because they're going to the park, i.e. Jerry O'Connell, Charlize Theron, and zaddies are sexy people with family vibes who would never wear a fanny pack because they already have a satchel, i.e. Ryan Reynolds and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Interesting. All right, so I definitely fall in the daddy camp. I definitely fall in the daddy camp, and I'm happy to be in a daddy camp. Um, all right, so many great corrections and omissions this week, but there can only be one. And the best one this week, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I think there's been so many of them that are worthy of this. I mean... P and W P Paloma. I mean, you really broke it down, but I'm going to have to say because of a split vote, the winner this week is your wizard, Harry for simply writing. Is this a Christmas movie? <laughs> That's right. You win. People of earth. You win nothing. That's right. Thank you so much. Garrett Parker, as always, you win nothing. Um, but I will give you uh, a grand uh, tip of the hat, a thank you, if you will. And thank you to everyone who wrote in, and thank you to Blue Moon. And remember to reach for Blue Moon when you're in need of some added brightness. Get Blue Moon or Blue Moon Light Sky delivered to your door by visiting 
Get BlueMoonBeer.com slash bonkers. That's GetBlueMoonBeer.com slash bonkers to see your delivery options. That's GetBlueMoon.com slash bonkers. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. All right, we'll be right back after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimize for every device, get your website discovered fast with integrated optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. We are back, people, and welcome to another episode of Quar Chat with me, Jason Manzukis. We're going to catch up on everything we're watching, listening to, and loving. And uh, Morgan Luzzi, hit that Quar Chat theme. Jason, it's been too long. Time for another Quar Chat. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I mean, we, it's not even much of a Quar anymore, but it is nonetheless a chat. I love getting to talk to you, and I love this part of the show now, so I don't want to let it go. Uh, but I know, you know, people are getting back into the, the swing of things, and I don't know. Are people watching and, and uh, you know, I guess like 
binging as much as they have been before. Where where are you falling? Are you I'm still the well, load? you know what? Even though things have loosened up, even though I'm vaccinated, mm-hmm. I'm still pretty conservative. I'm still not going out much. I'm still not doing, you know, the 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 most I'm doing is like walks and hikes with friends yes. wearing masks. So so I'm still I'll be honest, crushing an insane amount of content. Like I, watching I'm watching a lot of stuff and I listening and that. reading. I want to ask you a very serious question about very this serious. because very serious. Right. Uh, probably the most grave question I'll ever oh, ask you. Serious choir talk. We'll, uh, play the, we'll play this. Uh, we'll play the serious choir talk music here. Yeah, you and I are, are men of a certain age at a certain point. Yeah. I have a real hard time. Like if I put on a movie or something to binge at night, I will automatically collapse and fall asleep. I'm also getting up. At six or seven every day, so I yeah. I know that that plays a we part. We are different of it. in that sense. Okay, so like you are probably wiped out by the end of the day. Yeah, and because you're juggling, you're you're working right now, I believe, right? And yeah, you've well, got- right now I'm 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 right now I am. Back at home, Black Monday is over, so I am. Oh, okay, okay. I am, but yes, but it's still like. But that you have wake been up. working these yes. last bunch of months. Yeah, you've got kids who are up early. You've got to go, go, go. I am not, so I can sleep in and I can hang out and I can watch. I can watch a movie and then a TV show afterwards and still be awake. See, you know, if I was playing like uh, my PlayStation, no problem. I'll stay up until two in the morning. Yeah. But the minute I put on a movie, it becomes passive for me. Like I am, it's almost like my body is like, you stop moving. Yeah. Let's go. Like I have not been playing video games. I'm not a video, much of a video game person at all anyway, but video games, I have not been engaging with much at all besides Red Dead Redemption 2, which I played a lot early on in the pandemic. I've barely touched my, any gaming. I've, I'm almost exclusively all in on like watching stuff and consuming stuff. Yeah. You see, I have been, incredibly focused on my NBA 2K. Like I'm very much like in that, which is a nice, like I can check in, I yeah. play a game for 15 minutes and then I'm done. I'm not like well, playing, I'm not playing for six hours. spending a lot of time, I feel like just, I know this loosely, yeah. watching sports. We are watching basketball right now, Jason, which must take what, up an enormous uh, amount an of hours. Enorm- well, okay. So yes, it has. It's every other day and it's been every other day for the last uh, month or so. And uh, I'm a, a fan of the Clippers. By the time you hear this, there will be yet another place in the world where they may or may not be, but it's been a very exciting season for a team that I've been a big fan of. They never really had gotten this far. I've actually, we talked about like being conservative. I've been very conservative except for going <laughs> to Clippers games. So much so that I flew to Phoenix, Arizona to go to a Suns Clippers game in a, I flew, I flew. <laughs> you flew Just- to Arizona. I flew to Arizona for a you night. You went to like, 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 I, you know, like Arizona, Arizona. Like to me, I would be like, that's that, 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 that seems dicey. That seems. Sketchy. I, you know, look, I will say everybody I met in Arizona was absolutely uh, phenomenal. But oh, I will no say shade to Arizona. No but shade I'm just to Arizona. Saying. I will say this. Wait, who is Arizona? Are they a good team? Or did, uh, they are the, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Phoenix Suns uh, oh, yes, currently yes. they're in the Western Conference Finals with them, uh, and it's been an interesting battle. Oh, it's still to going. Say that. Still going. Uh, as of this recording, so uh, we will see. Um, what I will say is, 
after going to these Staples Center games here in Los Angeles, where at points I was having to show my vaccination card, my ID. Yeah. Uh, I brought Gus to one of the games and he needed to be tested before he went. And we we're all in masks and you couldn't have food in your seats. And, wow. um, you know, and you can't carry in a bag. So it was very, very, um, yeah. you know, uh, as safe as you could possibly make it. Everyone in masks, nobody eating or drinking. Uh, you know, it was very safe. And then when I got to Phoenix, it was, I mean, I didn't see a mat. I didn't see a mask. Wow. And not that I was like judging that, but it was like, Oh, a, a culture shock of, Oh, okay. This is a different, this is a different thing. Like we just opened up They are They are open for business. They have yeah. been open for business. Um, and when I, I had to also go back to New York for a wedding. So I have done a lot of traveling. Um, uh, when I went back to New York for a wedding, um, I was checking my mom into a hotel. I was staying with my dad. And uh, and when my mom checked in, uh, the woman at the counter said to her, oh, you're staying three nights? Uh, you don't need to wear a mask in the hotel. And I, and I couldn't what? quite put the logic of that one together. But she said it was such like, oh, no, no, since you're here and it's just like you're not just here overnight, you can take off your huh. mask. But I was like, but I don't. What it, is that? What, I, don't like, understand, I don't understand the math of it. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it like, really. I feel like. Yeah. Okay. So this is. That makes me feel like people are just making up rules. Yeah. Like they are just freestyling, making up rules because, because we really are in this stage right now where we're transitioning out of the complete lockdown, complete panic. We're transitioning into a 40 some odd percent of the population is vaccinated and some large portion is not and is refusing to. The Delta variant is now ravaging its way across the country, catching up real quick. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're in a position where we're all trying to open up, but now we're starting to get information, which is actually, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This could, you know, like the UK, other countries because of the Delta variant are shutting down again. Right. That and might it, it, be coming our way. Well, I mean, today in the Los Angeles Times, there's an article like even if you're vaccinated, we recommend that you wear your mask indoors, which is going to be a shock to a lot of people. Um, you know, look, I have a lot of ma I have a is it a coterie? Is that, is that a coterie that of masks? I have a coterie of masks. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and uh, I'm fine with it. But it, it is interesting to see where those rules are coming and not coming. And then there's parts of me that feel really guilty because they'll say, hey, if you're vaccinated, yeah. you don't have to wear your mask in here. But then I will wear my mask in there. And then I'm like, oh, do people look at me like I'm not that? Like, I almost want to have a mask to say, hey, I'm vaccinated. I'm also just being a little bit overcautious. Like, you know, it's like, yes. like, it's like, a, like, you know, it's like federal, uh, what is it? Uh, FBI federal booty inspector, you know, I want one of those, but you know, yeah, well, you yeah, definitely yeah. got to get a, a federal booty. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, that, you know, that, but, uh, but to, to talk about the vaccine, no, I no, mean, no, <laughs> it should say federal booty because then people will be like, oh, that guy gets it. I mean, nobody's going to uh, hassle that. By the way, that's one of my favorite jokes in that Robert Rodriguez once upon a time in uh, Mexico movie. Like, I think Johnny Depp's character is like a very rogue FBI agent who wears that shirt oh, for a funny. very pivotal. I don't even. I don't scene. remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that in such a long time. Uh, Robert Rodriguez. Have we talked about this on the show? He has made. Um, he made the you know the Shark Boy and Lava Girl like yeah, those yeah, movies totally. right Spy Kids and stuff yep. and he made a new one that's kind of like the it's kind of like um it's kind of like the boys <laughs> I'm using that loosely but for kids so okay. basically the idea is like all these superheroes are assholes 
um, and they have kids, and the superheroes get captured, and the kids have to save the day. So it's um, wait, are it's, the super are the ki- are the parents? Villains, or are they superheroes that are jerks? They are superheroes who are kind of okay. Like, because it sounds uh, a little bit like Runaways. Brian K. Vaughn's oh, Runaways. Yes. Did oh, you ever absolutely. read that? Oh, I yeah. love that. And yeah, that uh, I love, love, love that. Um, but so it's a little different in the sense that yeah, these kids because their parents are kidnapped by an evil force, then have to step up, and they all have fun powers. And it's Ooh, a, I like, love that. Like to me, wait, are these the kids that have been in the previous movies, or is this a unique story? Well, those kids are now old so right. they are they're in the lore like they are they're old enough to have children now so it I is believe. like one shared universe all of absolutely his, yes. all of these stories take place in a shared oh that's cool i didn't know yeah that. it's really i'm excited cool. that he's a big part of the boba the book of boba fett which is just very uh, i guess finished shooting um and i'm super stoked about that show very excited yeah it, it is uh he's very uh I don't know. It's really, really cool what he is doing. And like, I am always amazed at it. The the movie, by the way, that I'm talking about is called We Can Be Heroes. It's on Netflix. And just give you a couple of names in it. It is uh, a great cast. It is uh, Pedro Pascal, isn't it? Oh, wow. Great, right? Uh, And you also have, uh, you have uh, Christian Slater, uh, who is great in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's like a bunch How of cool. fun, uh, Pr- uh, Priyanka Chopra is in yeah. it. It's a cool cast of fun people. Great. Oh, I'll yeah. check that out. That it's, sounds like yeah. a blast. It's definitely like a kid's movie, family oh, film. Oh, I've been but- watching so much like young people content. I've Ooh. been watching, I'm still in the zone of, I'm still in the headspace rather where I want to watch things that are positive, that make me laugh. I still want to, yes. like, I'm still, like, I cannot engage with heavy things. Neither or, can like, I. Like, I really, I started Mayor of Easttown. I like it, but I'm like, I know this is going to be heavy and hard to get through. And I, I just, way. I would much rather switch over and watch more episodes of We Are Lady Parts or Hacks or, you know, these shows that well, are how really. Is hacks? Hacks is fantastic. I cannot uh, recommend Hacks enough. Hacks um, from Jen Statsky and Paul Downs and and Lucia Aniello, who are all kind of incredible uh, writers, writer-directors, performers, and they all... Um, have done a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, um, we know them. Rough uh, Night, uh, Broad City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. Um, they are a great. Statsky crew was of a writer people. on a lot of the Mike Schur shows. And Statsky uh, also uh, a huge Clipper fan. Oh, nice. And yeah. Lucia, I think, um, created the most recent uh, Babysitters Club reboot that I know a lot. Oh, of Oh, yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, it's it's on HBO Max, and it's a half hour. And it is, it's fantastic. It is a, it's a half hour comedy that we're in which Gene Smart, Gene Smart, who has now in the last number of years, the, 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 she has been in Watchmen, Legion, this show, um, Mayor of Easttown. She has been every incredible show. It's like she is, I mean, and by the way, uh, deservedly so, but like oh. one, I feel like once she popped up on Twenty Four. Do you remember when she popped up on Twenty Four? People, I like, didn't watch Twenty Four. Okay, but yeah. When she popped up on that show, people are like, "Ooh, she's good." Like, and oh, I feel yeah. like, and then, and then I feel like, then it was like shortly after that, it was like Fargo. I mean, she's always been good, but like, I feel Fargo like, season two, unbelievable performance, unbelievable. And now, and now it's just like 
non like when you literally watch every hacks, yeah. you're gonna be blown away she is like i literally was watching it being like oh this is just unquestionably one of the greatest living actors currently doing something that is so electric to watch to watch her acting against uh, a, a a young actor whose name is hannah einbinder who is um lorraine newman's daughter and this is her first acting job so it is wow. literally a two-hander between this young new actor and Gene Smart, who is just incredible. And the chemistry between them is electric. The jokes are great. And it's a fucking great show. It's about uh, Gene Smart is a kind of um, old school Joan Rivers, Phyllis Diller style um comedian who's doing like a residency in Vegas, telling kind of her same old jokes. And this young um, comedy writer comes into her world and com- completely kind of up. They both kind of upset each other's kind of uh, right. uh, paradigm. And it is, it's terrific. It's really funny, incredibly kind of well acted and beautiful. I, I really dug it. I think it's worth watching and it's, and it's a half hour and it's great. You know, what's so interesting about that is I have a friend who was that for Joan Rivers. Interesting. Uh, yes. And so she had written a post the other day. She was like, I, I'm really nervous to watch this show because it has nothing to do with me, but I feel like such a connection to this world. And and she said, you know, truthfully, she's like, I it like it captured a hundred percent my experience. I mean, obviously there are differences, but she's it was interesting to see like how they could capture that so well, knowing that that's not really the trajectory of either one of their of any of their careers. Well, it's interesting. It's it just speaks to like how how few like significant female comedians come out of that era that both Hacks and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel are yeah. thought to be riffs on Joan Rivers's ascent. You know, yeah. um, without being Joan Rivers. You know, it just it really speaks to the fact that at that time there really just were not many other women doing stand up comedy, and so you can't help but look to Joan Rivers as the model or as the kind of er text for that era of, of, of women doing standup. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, never mind that there was Phyllis Diller and not to, not to take anything away from, from women who were doing standup at that time. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a, it's a fun, I love those people. I love what they do. And I'm, that is next on my list to watch. The I, two shows uh, that I would say otherwise that I think are absolutely fantastic I mentioned one of them on the main show recently. We are Lady Parts, which oh, is yeah. um, Nita Manzur's show from, it's a British show. It's incredible. It's a sitcom. And it is like the the kind of loose setup. It is a group of young uh, women in the Muslim community in London who form a punk rock band. And I need to watch this show. I got to so get Peacock. fucking good. I have to get it. This is where I need, I, you know, Incredible performances, incredibly funny, incredibly sweet and heartbreaking. It's all about them and their families and what it means to what it means to do this in the face of, you know, a community or family that might not accept or understand why they're choosing to do this. For some of them, music is considered forbidden. It is really like it's an incredibly compelling show that also has hard jokes and great musical numbers. It is I, I think there's only six episodes. But or maybe eight. I think it was only six. But they are wonderful and just acted brilliantly. Ooh, this is all good. You know, um, speaking of music and stuff like that, I just read a great book. Ooh, what do you uh, got from our friend Tom Sharpling? Oh yeah, uh, it never ends. And uh, if you don't, 
Tom was on our show. He did the Avengers episode, which is the Ray Fiennes uh, uh, Uma Avengers. Thurman. Yeah, Uma Thurman one. And Tom uh, hosts a show called The Best Show on WFMU, no longer on WFMU. It's now just like The Best Show podcast. And kind of, I think, one of the pioneers of doing this like audio comedy, the, this new wave of audio comedy, this podcast, yes. like, you know, he kind of came up the way that Mark Marin was on uh, that radio station. Tom was also doing this kind of a cool so thing. So was in this Comedy Bang Bang. Comedy, comedy Bang Bang. Bang, but, Bang but, started as a radio show as well. Yes. And, but Tom and Mark had been doing it for like a oh, yeah. while before Oh, totally. That. Yes. And, uh, and so Tom is a writer for Monk or was a writer for Monk. But if you've never heard of Sharpling and Worcester, First yeah. of all, do yourself a favor. It's some of the the funniest two person comedy stuff, audio comedy stuff. Like you can get it all on Spotify. It's great. Gas Station Dogs is an album that you should probably start with, and it will. It's so so funny. They're amazing. But he wrote this book that is uh, like uh, wonderful. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it's uh, you know it talks about kind of writing and how he got his you know how he kind of fell into it and. Uh, everything from like writing on like uh, from Slam magazine all the way to Monk, and then writing bigger films and 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 things like that. But uh, there is a chapter in it that made me laugh so much because he's such a good music guy. And when you listen oh, to yeah. his show, he'd have these great bands and turn me on to so many different people. Well, John but, Worcester, who does his, you know, yeah. uh, who does as you mentioned, John Worcester, who who does a lot of stuff with Sharpling, is the dr- is a drummer, is a yes. like a prolific drummer. Was the drummer in Super Chunk for yes. a long time and a number of other bands. And so they have a great partnership in this, but there's a chapter in this book. I read the whole thing in like really like two days because Tom's like, can you read it? And I, uh, and I felt pressure that if I didn't read it right away, I wouldn't read it. Then I didn't want to feel like I'm taking too long with it. So I just like, I downed this book and it was so fun to read, but there's a chapter in it uh, about how he trying to figure out how he fits into this world of entertainment and he wants to get in. He's trying to do something. He auditions for the new monkeys and the, and the story about trying to get in the new monkeys wow. is oh it's early on in the book and it's really really great but if you're a fan of Tom or you're a fan of Best Show uh I will say that as a friend of Tom uh a true life friend of Tom not just a uh, sponsor yeah, yeah. of Tom uh it some of the things in that book took my breath away and blew my cool. mind. I did not know about him and I don't want to reveal it and have your own journey with it but there's some really uh heavy and great stuff. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I think Tom. I really dig that. I'm excited to check it out. Uh, and I, 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 I concur with you. There is so much great con- audio content out there of Sharpling that it is worth you checking out and finding. And there is a lot of deeply hilarious stuff that you can listen to that he's created. He's yeah. one of the greats. It, and really. one of my favorite. I go to in normal times. I go to a lot of concerts and it is not uncommon for. Sharpling and I two run into each other, both having gone alone to a concert, which yeah. is very funny. No, he is uh, like, I mean, I love like one of the best parts of the best show was just like finding out about bands that you would not think to. I, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just turn me on to so that's much stuff. like my so my relationship with Tom is we just text each other about bands. Like we just text each other about, do you know this band? Do you know that band? Kind of. That it's is really fun. Great. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to throw out. Um, another show that I just watched that I also loved, uh, I, I mentioned We Are Lady Parts. This show is also British. It's called Starstruck. 
It's also Ooh. on HBO Max, and it's created by Rose Matafeo, who is from New Zealand. Uh, she also has a fantastic special out, uh, a stand-up special called Horn Dog, also on HBO Max. But she created essentially a rom-com, like a six-episode rom-com that is so fucking good and is so wonderful. I'm going to be overly reductive and say it's kind of an inverse Notting Hill in that it's about her as a kind of normal woman living in London, living her life young, dating, etc. And like inadvertently hooks up with and then starts to hang out with like a movie, a guy who's like a movie star before she realizes he's a movie star. And it's this incredibly funny, funny, funny just deeply uncomfortable and all the fuck ups that each of them make. And it's like one of the, it's a show that unfolds over seasons. So you get a sense of time and you get a sense of like people really fucking their lives up before they're willing to like take a chance or be vulnerable or make them put themselves out there or all the kind of ups and downs that we love in rom-coms that I feel like a lot of the modern rom-coms have kind of lost a little bit of right. like the romance nature of it. It's, it is a deeply funny show, but the, the romance story at its heart is quite wonderful. So I really, I really can't recommend that too, too highly. It's great. Ooh, I can't right. recommend it enough is what I mean to say. I, it's great. I love that. I feel like I, I'm in the mood for a, a good rom-com. We did a little bit of a, a rom-com series on, uh, on unspooled and, uh, you know, and it was really fun to just try to like find these different, like, I forgot what I loved about rom-coms because sometimes when you don't see them for a while, you're like, oh yeah, I, Harry Met Sally is great. And then when, yes. when you actually like watch it again, you're like, oh no, no, this is why I like it so much. Like it stops becoming like, I remember it liking it to like, you, I don't know. Like, I know it's a silly thing to say, but like to actually like rewatch it, you go like, oh yeah, well, no, it, yeah, it's, it's live like again. it's really interesting. Like it because rom coms like are su- contain such a swath of films to such a varying degree of whether they are good or bad. Right. When you yeah. have like the Nora Ephron rom coms, which are pretty unimpeachably fantastic. But then you get into later rom-coms, you know, that are really not that fun. You know, like the yeah. like the the death of the rom-coms in the early 2000s really comes because they're not very good. You know, Blank Check did a series, uh, the podcast Blank Check did Nora Ephron as one of their um, miniseries. And it's terrific because they dig in on, like, they're such smart guys, uh, Griffin and David. They dig in on the rom-coms of the era and... Not just that, but like how the rom-coms are related to the screwball comedies of, you know, Preston Sturgis and Ernst Lubitsch and all these kind of like the screwball comedies that we love from His Girl Friday and Bringing Up Baby and Philadelphia Story all the way through to Harry Met Sally or You've Got Mail or, you know, Sleepless in Seattle. And then you unfortunately get into the how to lose a guy in 10 days kind of stuff that just kind of starts to fall apart a little bit where you're not as invested because neither the romance nor the comedy are functional. Really? Well, you know what it is too? Like, I think I was reading this article about, you know, the idea that friends, uh, which I did just watch that reunion and I enjoyed it. I know people really, (laughs) yeah, I I know people really maligned it out or or at least they read like a very like, man, I thought they did a, a really great. I'm like, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. I love Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I want like get them together, have yeah. them chatting. Uh, what else? What else could you possibly it want? Felt, it felt it was interesting. It felt oddly like um, because I know this year has been so much about 
reuniting casts. Like, I wonder if they had done this before the pandemic, if it would have been, if it would have felt different because people wouldn't have just seen a year's worth of reunited casts, you know? Um, uh, and I, and I enjoyed it. I was also never a friend's watcher, you know, like Same. I was never, like it's not it wasn't my show. one of my shows, you yeah. know, it like I was a li- maybe just a little too old or there was something about it that it just didn't hit right for me. So, so I don't have like the kind of love for that show that everybody else does, that a lot of people do. I'm, I just think it's, it's good, but I, it wasn't one of my shows. No, so that's why I was able to sit back and like kind of enjoy it. Now, it didn't make me feel the same way that the Fresh Prince of Bel Air one made, where I like <laughs> cried. I, like, and, and again, like I'm not even like I'm not even one of those. Like, I wouldn't say like I am the ultimate yeah. Fresh Prince fan, but like I think sometimes you can play with heartstrings. You the right wouldn't way. say that. I, well, you're yeah, finally I willing to admit yeah, that you are here not now. the ultimate Fresh I know, fresh and I, I've given up fan. to, uh, I'll just read her name here, uh, Sarah Jordan. So she <laughs> is, and uh, she's always been number two, and now she's taken the number one spot. So <laughs> enjoy it, Sarah. Uh, the uh, I was going to say, though, there's an there article written at one point, just like that Friends signaled the end of like the interesting sitcom, and for a certain period of time. And I think that like the Mike Sure, Greg Daniels kind of brought that back, which is like weirder character people being at the front of sitcoms, like because it sure. became like attractive people. And, and, and I had this, I was having this conversation with June, you know, and I was like, she's like, well, I wouldn't say like the, the friends people are like models. And I'm like, well, they're not, it's like, not that they're models, but they were not as like odd as like, cheers or taxi like it was like this kind of they set a tone that became like this new thing and i feel like rom-coms fell into that as well like like when you had like an interesting mix of different looking people like it, it just better it became like well uh, when you Kate think Hudson, when, Har- when harry McCon- met sally yeah billy crystal is the romantic lead yeah that just like tw- 15 years later that part has to be played by Gerard Butler or Chris Pine or Tom Hardy. Yeah. Or that part has to be played by like like a handsome, in, unimpeachable hunk, you know? Absolutely, and when yeah. Harry Met Sally is, again, I want to remind everybody, the romantic lead was Billy Crystal Billy, in his 40s. Yes. <laughs> and and by the way, it was like, I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know. No, no shirt, shade to Billy Crystal, no, who I love. By the way, but, great in that. That and Running Scared kind of peak Billy Crystal. Uh, but I'm, we're talking about City like. Uh, City Slickers. Great. Uh, great one. Uh, you know, tucking in, tucking in button down shirts into jeans. Like there's nothing cool about that Billy yeah. Crystal. I mean, uh, but you know, it's like, but it was like, oh, these are interesting characters. These are funny people. Like, and I think what, what I'm saying is, and I don't think this is fully on Friends' shoulders, because I think Friends, all those performers are actually very funny as well. But I think what people, st- almost like people took the wrong lesson from Friends. Yes. Like, oh, we can have our kick and eat it too. It's like, well, no, that was a special cast that are funny. Like Lisa Kudrow is really funny. Jennifer Aniston, Matthew Perry, like, they're all, Schwimmer, they're all funny. Uh, then it just got more, then they, everyone kind of leaned more to the attractive, attractive, attractive. And then the funny just got lessened and lessened and lessened. And you're like, yes. hey, but I thought like, this is like part of the thing, like, is that they're funny people, not just attractive people. I mean, no, no, you that, know. That, you're absolutely right. What was the takeaway was great. All the shows, because there were then so many copycat friends shows and it was just attractive people in a place. And yeah. that was it, you know? And, yeah. um, and then and then that similar thing befell a lot of the rom-coms of that era, which is beautiful people who can't find love. 
you know, and that's also like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) Now, you know, you can also throw that all the way back to like, oh, okay, uh, Cary Grant and uh, Catherine Hepburn can't follow. Now we're we're having a little bit of, but that dialogue was just the best, you know. But but bringing a baby, like also like Catherine Hepburn is like a a really funny and outlandish character. And like, there's, I mean, I just think it's like. It doesn't matter if you're attractive or you're not. It's like you just have to be able to handle comedy. And I feel like that's yes. like, and that, and that really seems like the calm part was missing from rom-com. It was like, Correct. it was like just light. It was like cute, rom-cute, you know, yeah, it was like, and it was, sure. you know, and it just didn't feel like it had like any of that, like, yeah, like any of that weight. Um, and then I think, then I think you get like these movies that, you know, like, I mean, to me, I think that Longshot's one of the best, you know, rom-coms that have been out in recent memory. It's like, oh, you got people who are yeah. really, really funny, surrounded by really, really funny people, and it's just a great, like, yeah. Well, that's it's a what great more story. That. It's a great story that allows for circumstances to bring people together who wouldn't otherwise have been brought together, and they fall in love, and that's great. Yeah. And that's like yeah. a great setup for a rom-com, and it's wonderfully executed. Yeah, and I, the fact that you and June were both in it, and I was not, is. You know, I was there just because be... I happened to be in Canada. That was the only reason why I was in it. I just happened. To, <laughs> I just happened to be nearby. Uh, couldn't you know? I, I'm 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 willing to say it's a wonderful movie, even though I oh, was personally oh, slighted man. by the film. Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, then um, now I'm going to start talking about neighbors. Now, Jason, wait, I, I oh yeah, sure, absolutely, yeah. We, there you go, exactly. Um, wait, have you seen um, Loki? Yes, and now I understand that people may not be caught up, so we should maybe speak. Oh, generally that's about maybe it. we should talk about Loki when Loki's done. What but do you I think w- about yes, that? I think that would be great because I want to just okay. say one thing about it, which would be not because there's spoiler. only three more. So. Exactly. I just want to say if you've not seen it, watch this show. I think it is hands down the most mad. And I loved WandaVision. I think yeah. this trumps WandaVision so oh, far. Yeah. I'm like, the acting is fantastic, the casting is amazing, the set design is phenomenal and they're dealing with such giant um ideas yeah and they are doing such a great job of of like acknowledging it like they're not just like shitting on it it's like nope here are the ideas and you'll get it but it's like but you don't get law i I don't know it's like Tom Hiddleston, I'm like, I'm all in I'm, on that guy. I am I'm like, blown wow. away. I've been blown away by this show. Tom Hiddleston, I will say, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. Oh, dude, Owen like Wilson. The oh. duo of them, it's kind of a two-hander for yeah. um for most of the show, most of the episodes, a two-hander for Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, episode three. It's like 48 hours. Um, it, I mean, yeah, exactly. the Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte style, like that, that kind is, of like a blast and oh. it is again like Paul saying huge ideas so this mo- this show is really going to set up the next phase of Marvel in which we are going to get the multiverse we're going to get uh you know a lot of the the same writer who is who's written this show is also writing the next Doctor Strange movie yeah Doctor Strange uh and the multiverse of madness which yes. Sam Raimi I believe is directing now uh, um, I think it might even be done now like it's oh, yeah, is that right yeah. okay and so, did you see you that know, they changed the end of uh WandaVision no to what so there is oh, wow. some so I guess um and and this is such a weird uh a weird thing so basically 
the it's just the ending of WandaVision. They have um, like when the camera is panning, and if you have not seen it, this will not be a spoiler. But as the camera is kind of panning to that final location, um, they just it's they re CGI'd it. So it's oh. slightly different, but yet it's huh. like, but if you look at them side to side, like, well, what did you change? It's like, they just changed some formation of trees and then they added in the Doctor Strange theme. So in the credits, the Doctor Strange oh. theme is in it. So like, they're almost like retroactively. Well, I yeah. do know this, I, and this might be a spoiler, so forgive me. Yeah. I believe they intended to, or in fact, yes. did shoot a they scene in which Doctor Strange appeared at the end of WandaVision. They did, never shot it, but I think they were okay. ready to shoot it because, and I think that was a Feige decision where Feige, was, and this is, they've talked about this publicly. They said, okay. like, they said uh, oh, it, it dilutes what the ending is. Like, we don't need a man to come in here and say, come with me. Yeah. Let her figure out her thing. And then. Yep he'll make his entrance. So I have a feeling what happened is huh. they are matching the end of WandaVision with the final effects of multiverse. So whatever it was, like I have a feeling I that see. multiverse might be done now or yeah, yeah, getting yeah. close to done. So they wanted to make sure that it There's was some exactly sort of, the same. Co- yeah. yeah. The continuation or some sort of link between yeah, the two. But, but okay. man, oh man, Loki. And I'm not even like a giant, like, Loki, like I'm not like a Loki stan. I'm not like I'm not not, but it's like I know some people like love Loki, uh, and I like him fine. But I now like Loki I, fine. What I'm excited about, and I'm curious to hear your take on because I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Um, I think we're basically set up for a Young Avengers movie to come. Oh yeah, because they've now introduced almost every single member of the Young Avengers. Because mm-hmm. um, we're gonna have in the Hawkeye series, we're gonna have. Um, we're gonna have young the younger Hawkeye, which is Kate uh, yes, Bishop. Kate Bishop. We're, we have um, in Falcon and Winter Soldier they introduced um, Patriot. Is yep. that his name, right? Yep. Um, Stature, who is Ant Man's daughter, who's now they aged up obviously because of the right. blip. Too much. So now uh, she is chagrin. old enough to play. Uh, they introduced, you know, Wanda's and Visions. Both of those kids, Wiccan, uh, uh, they they also have been in yep. Young Avengers, and now. There's a lot. Theoretically, we will meet, I think, if we haven't already, young Loki, who is, or kid Loki, who is, you know, already canonically inside the Marvel Universe. And so why wouldn't, if we're going to look at a bunch of Lokis in this show, why wouldn't kid Loki show up? And then I wouldn't be surprised if we moved forward with a Loki in the MCU, but it's played by a kid. It's not Tom Hiddleston for a while. I mean, there's so much they can be doing, and I'm I'm all... Yeah. I am all in on it. Now, I want to say one other thing about this because we should have our Loki chat uh, after it's done. But uh, what makes me the most excited about Michael Waldron, who is the guy who is behind Loki and also uh, behind uh, the, the Doctor Strange 2, yep. he is also the writer of the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So, and he's a former Rick and Morty writer. Yeah. So that to me... Huh. I, like, you know, because I don't know. I mean, I'm also very excited because my, my buddy is writing the the next uh, Star Wars movie, Rogue Squadron, which was just announced uh, this oh, week. Oh, nice. Oh, that's uh, the great. Patty that's Jenkins. the Patty Jenkins yep. one? Yep. And, uh, and so uh, 
I, I feel like there could be some cool stuff on the horizon in the Star Wars world. Like, I like these choices for Star Wars writers. I don't I, know. You, like, know what? you know what? If Star Wars, because I'm like, the Star Wars movies have been such a disappointment to me, but I, I have continued to only love more and more everything else they've been doing in the mm-hmm. world. So, like, The Bad Batch, which I've been watching yeah. religiously, I think is phenomenal. Um, I'm so into what they're doing, like, inside of, like, the the novels and the books and like there's another the second ep- edition of the Thrawn prequel trilogy is is just been released and it's fantastic like there's so much good stuff with the exception of unfortunately the last three movies which I just have not loved except for Ryan Johnson's I yeah, mean same that which I thought was fantastic which yep. we saw together right um but both J.J. Abrams movies I found to be, for me, lacking, unfortunately. I, and, I agree. And the lack of cohesiveness throughout the arc really did the films a disservice. And then, for me, the only really other one, you know, out of order there, Rogue One, I think, is terrific. I just rewatched that again I, recently, and yes. I think it's great. Yes, I, I've really come to love Rogue One, and I feel like there is... Uh, but I think there's good stuff on the horizon. I feel like they're figuring out yeah. the TV shows are great. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah. And, uh, but to know that these people are kind of in charge now of, of this it makes me, or not charge, but I feel like, I feel like there had to be Kevin Feige seeing Waldron doing what he was doing with Loki going, I'm stealing this guy to go make yeah. Star Wars. Like that's like the, the highest honor you could probably bestow on a writer. That's yeah, cool. Yep, yeah. I you like got that. this. You got I'm the glad. goods. Um, Jason, I want to let people know that uh, if you are wondering, we are going to have a fast nine episodes soon with Adam Scott. We're just getting all of our ducks in the row. Like we said, we're conservative. I have not gone uh, to see a movie in a movie theater. Uh, I yet, haven't either. You know, so uh, we have to kind of figure out how we're going to do this and we will, and we, we will come out. So I know people have been asking about it, but uh have patience. With we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. We're, we're going to get there. Oh, absolutely. I, I can't wait. I literally cannot. Oh, wait. I cannot wait. And I've been doing everything in my mind to uh, avoid spoilers. Uh, and, I'm and avoiding not see. spoilers as well. But I'm also like, you know what? Some are going to sneak through, but it's not going to matter. I have just completed my full Fast and Furious rewatch. Okay, I watched without thinking one of it, through eight. Without thinking of it, I want you to go give me your order. Give me your, your ranking. My ranking? Your yeah, ranking. Okay. My ranking would go, oh, okay, let me think about this. And we can move it around as you're talking. I'll keep track here, so I'll make sure that we okay, all keep you on. Okay, so I think I'm going to go seven. Wow, okay. Wait a minute, no, 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 that's not right. Wait, 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 hold on. I might do five. Yeah, five that's, that's the one, yeah. That's I might the do one. five, seven, six. Okay. Three, eight, one, two. Ooh, Nah, okay. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I exactly believe that, but uh, where would you put Hobbs and Shaw in there? It's something close to that. I would put Hobbs and Shaw at like number four. Okay, not bad. You not know, bad. like like uh, uh, I think the Brazil one is number one with the vault. Yes, oh, that bank vault yeah. chase is unbelievable. Yeah, um, the stuff in seven I think is great as well. The car stuff, the race, the action is great in seven. Eight is a little bit like I really enjoy eight, but it's a little bit all over the place. It's crazy. Yes. Um. And, and because it splits the narrative, because it's Dom's gone bad. Yes, it like it splits the narrative in a way that isn't always successful. I still love it, but it's not always successful. Tokyo Drift is the movie that climbed the highest number of slots from my initial 
watch whenever a thousand years ago till this time. I watched Tokyo Drift this time and I was like, this movie's great. Well, that, and it's see, the first Justin Lin. I, I see. You know? So my order right now, I'll give you my order, and uh, and it's it's a little different, but yeah. uh, I think mine is, and I put this up online, but I've already changed it since I put it up. Fast Five. Yeah. I'm I'm making a bold choice and saying Hobbs and Shaw. Next one, because I enjoyed it okay. so much. Sure. Then I'm going Fast and Furious 1, because I'm like, without that, you can't have where okay. we go. And I'm like, that's like a point break thing. I love it. And now I think I'm going to go, uh, to your point, Fast 7. Then I'm going to go to Tokyo Drift. Then I'm going to go to Fast 6, Fast 8, Fast 2, and then the four. The the four is my la- my least one. And you didn't even rank four. So that meaning that your oh, four wait, is probably no. the bottom. Four, I think, is four is way better than two. Two is the too fast, too furious is terrible. Uh you see, by the way, people say now some people say that too fast, too furious is one of the best, which is I, I don't understand. Oh, interesting. I, like I've had that down at the I, bottom. And I'm being hyperbolic. It's yeah. not terrible. But you it's, think it's that fa- totally fast fine. four is so drama heavy. Yeah, I guess you I know what I'm saying. Like, like, I, it's not fun. Like I, yeah, I'd rather watch I know Fast Two because we have like we have Roman and Tej in Fast yes. Two, and I when agree you with inter- you. It's, and it's so poppy. It's John Singleton. Yes. It's such big poppy colors. It's great. And I really I love the introduction of Roman. I love the introduction of Tez. These are it really rounds out the world. But yes. then those characters don't come back for like three more oh, movies. I mean, it's, it's wild, so crazy. There, I mean, the 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 backside of the without seeing. Nine, but the backside of the ten, uh, the bottom four is a tricky place to be because, like, I enjoy Fast Eight. I think it is all over the place. I think that Fast Two, there are elements about it that I like. That's why I kind of put Fast One higher, only because Fast One, I'm like, at least Fast One. Fast One's fun. Oh, fun. It's, it's, it's and let me say, I'd watch any of these if you put it on right now. Oh yeah, you know, Fast, like I'd be happy to watch any of these. Fast One. You know, I have to. You have to acknowledge the franchise. You have to be like, without Fast One, there's no anything. And yep. Fast One to me is, I mean, very simply, a Point Break ripoff. I mean, it's completely. Like, and and for what that was, I was surprised. Like when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, I'm surprised that this like it actually holds up quite well. It's like a, it, it's, but as an arbiter of things to come, like if you put Fast One and Fast Five next to each other, you'd be like. Well, this well is not that's even the thing the is, you world. can watch Fast One and be like, "Yeah, I get what this is." Undercover cop, yeah, you know, bad guys. This is this is like a straight down the middle, like yeah. you know, un, uh, undercover cop story. If you were to just jump in at like Fast Five or Six, you'd be like, "What am I watching?" Yeah, like the, the scene where they drive the car off the cliff and they both jump out of it before it hits the bridge. Yeah, you're like. What they would be dead instantly. Oh. What? Who are these? Are these superheroes? I mean, that's. I mean, that's the wild. I mean, that's and that's and they they become more and more like superheroes. So you're right. Like that's why I put fat. Like I put Hobbs and Shaw up there. Much the much controversial Hobbs and Shaw because you either love it or you hate it. Very much like uh, I think uh, Fast Two. You love it or you hate it. Uh, but uh, Hobbs and Shaw, like to me, is like. It has the fun of Fast Five, and I think you and I both felt when we saw it. Like, oh, I like. I'm just having fun. Like it doesn't yes. feel like it's it doesn't feel like it's um getting too caught up in the mythology of it. Now not to say that it's better than a Fast and Furious movie, but I also felt like what I didn't like about 8 was it got it got mired down in some of the yes. like plot. It was like, "Oh, no, 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 no. Get back to 5, like 5, 6, 7, like that trilogy is, is pretty great. solid." Yeah. Yes. It's um, great and it also like it's great at establishing the new like yes. or the new world order of how this is going to work, you know, because previously 
you know, you've got movies that are like there are Tokyo Drift. None of those people are in it until no. Vin shows up in the in the t- tag of the movie. You know, yeah. um, it's like they're all over the place. And then it's it locks in, you know, four, five, six, seven. I like mean, it starts to be to me. What it's we just understand. Lin. It's Justin yeah. Lin. It's Absolutely. like F. Gary Gray doing the last one. No offense to F. Gary Gray, but it's like you don't he didn't have the goods that Justin Lin has. And I, and, I, and I mean that not in the sense of like, these movies are a very delicate balance. And I talk about this all the time with, not to reference this dumb movie that I did, but I like it so much, is that Piranha movie I did with uh, Alex Aja. Alex Aja gets it. I, I know what I'm making and I'm going to make that movie to the yep. degree that you want it, which is like Piranha 3D, that movie with the alligator, I think it's called Crawl that he made as well. Like, that's f- like... I get it. I know what they I'm making. Give him, they should give him a Fast and Furious offshoot. Oh, I they think should, it, they, yes. they should be making more offshoots. Because I also agree, I love Hobbs and Shaw and would yeah. 100% rate it pretty high in the in the order. Top five for sure. Yeah. Um, and and I, don't, I don't know. And maybe it's just it, it, we're going to see it now that this these movies continue to be so big. I would like other offshoots. I would like them. I wouldn't mind. Why not make a... You know, because the timeline is so fucked up, why not make a Han and Giselle story like Black Widow that just takes place in the past? You know, when they're a couple like between when they were off from the family doing their own thing. Well, I mean, they've they've talked about the idea that there's going to be an all female Fast and Furious, like uh, like which is going to be like a Charlie's Angels kind of a situation where Vin is. Is it Charlie's Angels? Oh. You know, I did, uh, I hosted, uh, June and I hosted this charity event uh, for Charlize's charity, and and it was a screening of Fast Five for some donors for her amazing charity for uh, this work that she does in Africa. Um, but I did ask her, I said, you know, look, we, we live in a world where in the Fast and Furious universe, uh, you know, villains have become good guys. And before I could even finish it, she says, no way in hell. She's like, you don't want to see it. It will never happen. That case closed. And I was like, I, first of all, I love it because I'm also like, I mean, Knockwood, I haven't seen it. Hopefully she's not dead in Fast 9. I don't think that she will be uh, just because why would you ever kill anyone in this world? Uh, And I love that we have like, she's the Magneto of this fat, like great, great, great. 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 Let her continue to always be bad. Yes, I am glad that she doesn't want to uh, to do it. The only thing that has gotten me excited about, well, many things have gotten me excited about Fast Nine. One of the things that got me more excited about it was, and I don't know if you've seen this online, but there's been a lot of talk about should Helen Mirren and Vin Diesel should they have kissed in Fast Nine? And the consensus seems to be yes. And all I need to say is like, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm furious <laughs> to now know that they don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, shi- I'm shipping them. I think I'm using that correctly. Yeah, you are. Uh, but to me, that made me laugh. Of like the fact that we were having that discussion. Like, yeah. I, I know that that's not a spoiler because obviously, like, you know, but it's like there is because you know, Dom is a, a married man. He's not kissing anybody. He's a faithful. He's not. He's, he's faithful. But I mean, it's Helen Marin. So, I mean, like, I, like if uh, listen, you got to shoot your shot if you're in the room with with uh, Mama Shaw. I, I just love that people feel like the sexual tension is that high between these two characters. Like, what? Uh, uh, come on. Come that is on. awesome. I love so, that. So, yeah, that, uh, that is. <laughs> I love these movies, and watching them all in prep for Fast 9 was a blast. And if you, I know a lot of, I'm sure a lot of our fans are yeah. doing the same, but if you're not, or if you're on the fence about it, 
Do yourself a favor and watch these movies. And if you can't commit to the whole thing, five, six, seven. Start start at five and go to eight. I, I would or say start five, at four five. and go to eight. I would start or, at five. Actually, start at five. actually, just because of Han's return, you should watch Tokyo Drift. Everybody should watch Tokyo Drift if you haven't in a while, yeah. because a lot of those characters, I believe, are going to be coming back. Ooh, okay. And so, or not a lot, but I suspect other of those characters will come back. And so I, you okay. might want to be reminded of that. I would watch Tokyo Drift and then five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, there we go. All right, Jason, this has been fantastic. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, what, Buddy, a what a delight. Can I just say, a, can I just throw yes. a couple of more things Please. out that I think are worth people checking out very quickly? Sweet Tooth, the adaptation of the Jeff Lemire Ooh, comic book. Everyone says it's amazing. Is on Netflix and it is so gorgeous and so beautiful. Trigger warning, it begins with a pandemic, but don't let that that don't let that scare you. It is absolutely fantastic fantasy storytelling on a level that I just am loving. Alone, season eight has started. Oh, I I am watching it. Is this the one on Netflix or am I a season behind? No, that's season seven. That's okay. the Arctic. Oh, that's a hundred days, one. right? Okay. That's, yes. That season is incredible. I'm that season loving is it. incredible. Season eight is airing right now on History Channel. It is in uh, gr- every. It's in Grizzly Bear Country in in uh, uh, British Columbia, Canada. There are bears everywhere. Two. When I tell you, two contestants. Spoilers. Two contestants did not bring fire starters, didn't bring a ferro rod, didn't bring any kind. They were so confident that at their abilities to build what? fire without any kind of magnesium rod or oh, anything. Boy. It is wild. Great characters. Um, Tuca and Birdie season two has started airing on Adult Swim. If you haven't watched season one on Netflix, it's Lisa Hannawalt's uh, animated show. She did all the character design for BoJack Horseman. Uh, this is her own show. Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish are, this, are the um, voices. Incredible. Have I told you about City of Ghosts? No. I need you and your sons to watch City of Ghosts okay, starting immediately. Okay, City of Ghosts. Got it. It is an animated show on Netflix, and it's about a group of kids who have a ghost club, and they go to different neighborhoods in Los Angeles, Ooh. and they interview ghosts. And it is... So exciting, and all of the ghosts kind of tell them their story, and their stories are all these little history lessons about a neighborhood in L.A. And it's not the ghosts aren't scary, and the kids are, like, interview them like it's a podcast or something. It is so beautiful. I cry in every episode. Um, Absolutely fantastic. I cannot recommend City of Ghosts enough. It's on Netflix. I Um, love this. Uh, and and I think your boys would love it as well. As it's like it is for kids. To be very clear, it is for kids. I'm so. looking at the animation now. The guy first is like, I don't know if they'll be ready for that. Now I'm like, oh yeah, they'll be great. It's this beautiful. Good. It's it's so good, and they would totally be into it. Um, a friend of the show, Ed Brubaker, and his yes. uh, and his partner, uh, Sean Phillips, have been putting out a series of books called uh, that are under the Reckless uh, uh, title. I the, love this title. This is yes. yes. So the new one just came out. It's called Friend of the Devil. This is the second in. I believe three books they're doing about this one character who is a private detective in like the in post Vietnam, like 1970s Los Angeles. It is fantastic, pulpy crime, private investigator stories. I am absolutely loving it. It worth is great. listening to. It is so good. So, so good. Yes. 
Uh, and then I'm just going to shout if, very briefly a number of podcasts that I've been listening to. Cocaine and Rhinestones is back. Season two. Incredible. Um, the music podcast Lost Notes put out a second season called 1980 that is awesome. All about just s- stories about music from the from that year, 1980. Inexplicably, I did not know Sonos puts out their own podcasts. Oh, they yeah. put out a podcast called Object of Sound that is fucking awesome. So people need to absolutely dip into that. By the way, and I'm going to recommend one yeah. here too if you don't know Go. this. Um, uh, the the TMC uh, they probably are advertising TCM. this pod, uh, TCM sorry TCM, TCM. Turn us clap. Uh, yeah, yeah they the plot they thickens. have uh, the plot thick- they have season two is all about uh bonfire of the vanities yes and it's all about the it's based on the book the devil's candy uh, yes yeah. and it is great yeah absolutely worth checking out their first season was all about Peter Bogdanovich yeah great too. Uh, pretty questionable yeah. um but if you listen to the Peter Bogdanovich Season, listen to the Polly Platt season of You Must Remember This it's to hear so the other side of the story. It, it is amazing. I actually is... got to do some with uh, Karina when she was yeah. doing, and it, it, yeah, the Polly Platt stuff is blows my mind. The Polly Platt season of You Must Remember This is true must listen uh, for for people. You Must Remember This is must listen for me. Yeah, uh, like top podcast. Always, always. I always, I like if it's if there's a new You Must Remember This, I'm gonna listen to it. But that season in particular was really great. And then the the Open Mike Eagle podcast, what had happened was the last season was Prince Paul. The new season is LP from Run the Jewels oh. and Company Flow, producer of uh, Cannibal Ox's The Cold Vein. I mean, incredible stuff. So that's also worth getting into. And then, guys, it's Joni Mitchell, 50th anniversary of Blue coming out. She just released a bunch of demos that have different lyrics and different arrangements. They're all out there. They're incredible. She's doing press. There have been interviews. So please, like, engage with new Joni Mitchell stuff. It's very exciting. So that's all I had to say. All right, Jason, a pleasure. We will talk soon. Now that we got replicas out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We're going from replicas to carbon copies. That's right. We are clone crazy. It's the second in our clone I mean, summer adventure. I mean, we really are diving in deep to clones. Uh, We are watching The Sixth Day starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And here's a short breakdown of the plot. In a world in the very near future, cattle, fish, and even family pets can be cloned, but cloning humans is still illegal. That is until family man Adam Gibson comes home from work one day to find a clone has replaced him. That's right. And Adam Gibson is Schwarzenegger in this movie. So... Are there going to be two Schwarzeneggers in this movie? Yeah, you bet. Rotten Tomatoes rates this film as a 40% on the tomato meter. And Randy White from Common Sense Media says, This movie is a decent film for teens if they can endure it. Oh boy. All right, let's take a listen to the trailer of The Sixth Day. A human was cloned. That human was you. Kind of takes the fun out of being alive, doesn't it? Tell me why I'm a threat. The Supreme Court upheld the laws against human cloning. Why kill me and not the clone? You saw him. He didn't see you. Daddy? We found him. They'll do anything to destroy the evidence. And you're the evidence. He has a wife and kid, right? What are you going to do? Take my life back. You can watch a six-day on Fandango now, Voodoo, or Amazon Prime starting at $2.99. I believe it's also on HBO Now or Go, whatever it is. Uh, please check your local public libraries where you can find a ton of titles for free. And now it is time 
for a two-minute Movie Bitches review of a film that I've been dying to watch. That's right, Cruella. In two minutes, they're going to tell you, is it worth it, is it not? They got new mics. Take a listen to Cruella in two minutes. Cheers! Welcome, Welcome to, to Movie, Movie Bitches. Bitches. Today we're reviewing... Cruella. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I think what happened for me is uh, this got a little bit hyped and mm. I liked it. It's not a perfect film. It's no. far too long. Far too it's long. It's multiple different movies. Can we please talk about how a third of this movie is just a plot line from an episode of Emily in Paris? <laughs> right? I mean... It- Starts and it's a like Dickensian um, street drama. Then it's The Devil Wears Prada. Then right. it's that episode of Emily in Paris. Then it's <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. Um, and then right. it's just sort of like a revenge plot of sorts. I think the thing that I disliked the most was the soundtrack. It was like, we don't trust the audience to understand tone. Here's another, I mean, they must have paid millions of dollars for this soundtrack millions i counted at the end there was 35 pop songs played throughout the movie which means there was a new song at least every four minutes that was my biggest complaint there's parts i loved emma thompson's there her outfits i mean the outfits we could talk about for days the headline is certainly the fashion hands down that's the draw I would have preferred more character development personally because I wasn't attached to either of the Emmas emotionally. Well, you're certainly not supposed to be attached to Emma Thompson emotionally. I mean, she's just evil. She tries to murder her own child three times. Unsuccessfully, she, in this Disney film, tries to murder her own child (laughs) three separate times. Wow, bold. But anyway. Definitely could have used a restructure. And trimmed a lot. But for the most part, I still found it to be a fun little ride. Cheers. Thank you, Avril Halley, our movie producer. And Andrew Galdi, you two are the best. That is it for the show. Please remember to rate and review. It helps. It really does. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram and all the places that we are on social media. And you can... Make sure that you're always following the latest information on HDTGM on Twitter. And if you want to hear all of our archives commercial-free, even this episode commercial-free, you can sign up for Stitcher Premium and you can get a one-month free trial by using the code BONKERS, that's B-O-N-K-E-R-S. A big thank you to Cody Fisher, our super producer. Of course, I want to give a shout-out to Devin our amazing engineer, July Diaz, who listens through, make sure this thing is perfect, Molly, our MVP, and of course everybody at Earwolf for putting this together. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for your write-ins. Thank you for visiting our Discord, which is discord.gg slash hdtgm. And we will see you next week for The Sixth Day. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro... Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. 
Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.